for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Marcus Thompson, senior writer for The Athletic, who covers the Golden State Warriors and the NBA, about the Warriors' recent hot streak as they get ready to reach the midway point of the 2020-2021 NBA season. They wrapped up that four-game road trip in what a lot of fans felt like, and I think a lot of Warriors felt like, could have been a 4-0 and trip. Instead, 2-2 two and two after losing the first two, picking up the second two with an opportunity for their first three-game win streak. And I'll say this for the first time, a revenge game against the Charlotte Hornets on Friday night at Chase Center. All stuff we can talk about with Marcus Thompson, who joins me next. It's Friday, February 26th. Always fun when we can talk basketball with the San Leandro native Marcus Thompson. Marcus, what's up, man? What's going on, bro? Yeah, I just figured we go like San Leandro. in the studio. Well, I, I figured, you know, since uh-huh. since you go amorphous with upstate New York, I could I could just name any part of the East Bay and you would have to claim it as being from there, correct? I mean, and that's <laughs> how they want to do it. I'm a Cali guy. I don't know the intricacies of the borders of New York. I was just following what I was told on the broadcast, so... You know, hey, that's their beef. We got our own beefs out here in the Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sacramento <laughs> is not the Bay. Yeah, exactly. Right. We've been through that. We've been through it with uh, with uh, Malika Andrews, Kendra Andrews. We're, oh, we're, that's right. Yeah. That's right, yes. We went through that about what's the Bay Area and what's not. So for those who, who don't know, uh, after the game on uh, Wednesday night, Marcus asked Eric Paschal a question. Eric, how much does the upstate New Yorker and you love this um, grinded out, tough, physical Eastern Conference I'm not from upstate. I knew you were about to say that. I, I was thinking for them. How much does the New York City boy in you? How about that? My bad. Ah, uh, funny. It was good just to grind it out and get a win. And uh, it was tough, but at the same time, it was something we needed to do and uh, a lesson we needed to learn. So it helped us out in the long run. Stop saying I'm from upstate, though. Eric took to Twitter afterwards, dude. He drew a map up, he put an arrow on it, showed you where upstate New York was, and that he is not from there. Yeah, he was very clear. It's so funny when I said it. Like I said, I don't really know the intricacies of it, <laughs> but I just knew it wasn't like New York City, so I didn't know what you call it outside of that. But they said it on the broadcast, and when I said it, I could see it in his face. I was like, uh, he didn't like that upstate part. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it was, as soon as I said it, I was like, he about, to, he about to bring up the upstate. Then he did, of course. So then he drew up a map. I didn't realize this was a big deal. I didn't realize this was a whole thing, but yeah. it's a whole thing. I got city officials tweeting at me. You know what I'm saying? I got like, I got, I got like public officials coming to me. And, and, and like, it's crazy. I, I had no idea why they hate no upstate like that. But to I me, Lake Placid was dope. I think it's just one of those things where, like, if you're not from the area, you don't know. Like, I would bet people who are in New York City are like, man, his county's not the city. You know what I mean? People rep things differently from where you're from. Like, people think that you're from California. You walk outside, there's a beach, and you got a surfboard. That's not Northern California, right? So, anyway. I'm in L.A. Yeah, exactly. It's it's this Northern California. And even this is, like, not even Northern in the scheme of what would be Northern up near Oregon. But, uh, hey, man, they played pretty good basketball this week, considering they lost the first two games of that road trip. Where are you with the team right now? I think they're playing, I mean, they're number four four now in the league as far as defensive efficiency goes. I think they're down number 19 or, or somewhere right past the the middle of the pack as far as offense goes. But Steve Kerr called his shot early this year that this was going to be a top 10 defensive team. And I think what's sort of incredible is that they moved into that ranking in the top five in the last couple of games. But for the last 10 games before these two, they didn't have a center, man. Yeah, right. Exactly. That was the interesting part. They didn't play a small ball. I do think I want to say it is a missed opportunity, right? Like the schedule is about to get incredibly tough for them. And you figure 
it might be some rough sledding, right? Like, I mean, starting Sunday, the Warriors schedule gets a bit daunting. So you're like, uh, these games that they dropped, you're looking back at it now like, man, if we could have got that one. You, I mean, you go all the way back to the game at Dallas and San Antonio, they probably could have been 4-0 on that trip, right? Right. Look at this trip. You could have gone 4-0 on this trip, right? So in the grand scheme of things, you should be in a in a much better situation than you're in, right? So there's a part of you that's like, ah, you know, 18 and 15 is cool, but man, that could have been, you know, 21 and 12, right? And that matters because now it gets daunting. I mean, they got Charlotte, but then it's Lakers, Blazers, Suns, Clippers, Jazz, Lakers. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like that's a pretty treacherous you know, six or seven games right there. I mean, if they split, that would be great. They had a chance to kind of get ahead of the curve a little bit and break for that impact, and they don't have it. But as far as how they're playing and how they look, they got to be encouraged. They got to feel good about how they're playing and what they're doing and what they're accomplishing. I mean, just the fact that Ubre has resurrected is enough, right, of a, of a flex. Like, he's incredible now, and he's come so far kind of a like a, a barometer for the Warriors, right? Like how far they come and how they've developed and what the potential is. It's all kind of epitomized in Ubre. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Ubre got that credit from Draymond after the game on Wednesday because somebody asked Draymond about it. it might have been you asking him about it. And he, he talked about playing alongside him. He called him a dog. But, he, you know, everybody wants to hit on the, you know, how poor his shooting was at the beginning of the year and how much drastically better it's been in the month of February. He's up at like 45% or something from, from the field in the month of February. But you've been sort of harping on this for months and heard you say the other day on KMBR, you don't want to be like the I told you so guy, but... He's coming around now, and he's becoming, like, one of the players on this team, so much so that Draymond was talking about how, like, he and Wiggins playing alongside him can make him feel at times like he's playing alongside Andre and Sean Livingston. First off, when Draymond is saying that, it's crazy. like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's like, what? Well, even when he said that, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's too far, you know? <laughs> but, like, he would know more than us the length and the athleticism is a bit unlike what they've had. So what they might lack for and like high, high, high level acumen, they definitely make up for it in just sheer athleticism. The Warriors ain't had two dudes on the wings like this, right? You had KD and I guess you could say KD and Clay would be it. And, you know, there's some athleticism there and there's extreme skill, but them dudes ain't bouncy like these guys, right? Like <laughs> these dudes are wired. So, I think Draymond kind of sees that as a different kind of level of exceptionalism. This is what Draymond said. Yo, I could work with this. You give me this, I could do something. Ubre, that dude never gets tired. He's just a perennial harasser, right? He's always in the way. And Wiggins has just been super solid defensively. So, man, you start putting that in the mix, you, know, you start looking ahead, right? If you Steve Kerr, what everybody was saying, bitch, Ubre, get him out of here. Steve Kerr thinking, Next year, I'm going to have Clay Thompson, <laughs> Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and Kelly Oubre, and James Wiseman protecting the rim, right? Yeah. <laughs> you like, yo, 
that's a lot of heat on defense that he can throw out there. Those dudes are pretty good. Ubre is making a shot. Like, you can't really argue. He's shooting 48% from the field in February, 43.6% from three. Like, man, he keeps doing that. You got yourself a keeper. If he's part of that strength in numbers retool off the bench next year, like you're saying, if he's your what? if he's your sixth man next year, I mean, that's championship run type stuff. And even this year without what? Clay, I mean, we start looking up at the standings right now. I look at, at the Pantheon of the Western Conference and I say the ceiling for the Warriors, I think with this roster is what? Like the four or the five? Four would be absolute max, I think. They would have to have an incredible second half of the season, I think. But five, gettable, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. five would be would be a great season. Great season if they finish five. And then what are they? A game what are they? I think I looked earlier. It's like a game back or two games back in a loss column for five. Yeah. It's not that far because that's Portland. And I think it's the same number of wins if I remember right. So they game behind five. And five would be incredible. It's funny because they're that team. We, we do know Jazz, Clippers, Lakers are better, right? Yeah. Do we think Denver's better, but Denver ain't you know <laughs> Denver ain't playing like they better all the time. Can we say Phoenix is for sure better? I would say yeah, but is that a lock lock? No. Like, I think Phoenix is better right now, but I don't know what James Wiseman's going to be in a month and a half. You know what I mean? Like, Draymond said that after the game on Wednesday, too, that, you know, we like to say guys are rookies until the All-Star game in February, and because Wiseman missed time, maybe 10 games or so, it's going to take a little bit longer before you take that tag off of him. But if James Wiseman is playing like a star and he's getting bigger minutes at the end of games and at the end of the first half, like we've seen over the last couple, and he's doing that against DeAndre Ayton or some of the best centers in the Western Conference, I would imagine as far as, as this defense and James Wiseman's development goes, that's how far the Warriors will go. Yeah, I agree with that, especially not even just this year, but in the future, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. He's going to be the difference maker. He's their chance for a great upgrade. You know you know what you get, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and you you know what you get in Wiggins and Ubre, right? The dudes are not going to pop out and be Paul George all of a sudden. So, But you know what you get from them. The one place you just don't know where the ceiling stop is uh, Wiseman, right? I mean, he could just be a good start center, or he could turn out to be a monster. Like, you kind of don't know. Like, I mean, even if you look at his year now, you're probably thinking, like, it's been up and down, right? You're probably like, yeah, I mean, you can see the talent, but and there's a lot of, like, Wiseman criticism, right? But if you look at the numbers, man, the dude averaging 12.6 rebounds and shooting 51% for the field. Like, <laughs> like if you do a this on the struggle mode, on the I don't know how to play mode, what you going to do when you actually know how to play at this level? So that might be the difference right there. I think that's the difference between the words being a 4 or 5 seed and being a 1 seed. It's the growth of Wiseman over the years. But if he ends up being really good, they'll be really good. Were you surprised at how good he looked coming off the injury? Because not that like his wind was bad or anything. I just like I anticipated we'd see more of the rookie Wiseman coming back. But outside of fouling out on Wednesday night, he looked pretty good last couple of games. That first game, Steve is right, man. That first game, you come back off adrenaline and yeah. you hype. You know what I'm saying? So the first game back is usually like the anomaly, right? Like you just hype. You haven't played in a while. You got all this picked up energy, and then you crash. And then the second game is where reality hits, right? Well, I've seen it like you've seen it with Steph. Steph come back and drop 38 in his first game, you know, in the, in the finals or the, in the playoffs. Drop 38 in his first game against New Orleans. And the next night, it's like, yo, what happened to Steph? It's like, <laughs> oh, that first game was adrenaline, right? So he still has his struggles defense. It's still a lot of, like, defense. you got to do a lot of read and reacting. So he just needs to keep pumping minutes in the algorithm, right, so he can figure it out. 
and you could just see him struggling, like especially against vets like Indiana, like Sabonis, Miles Turner, those dudes, they know exactly what to do against a rookie. They're out here like, all right, I'm about to hit him with my move, and then that's Bucket, right? Or TJ McConnell, like I know how to manipulate this guy. So he's still struggling with that stuff, but that's all just a matter of experience. The question is how fast can he catch up? Because he's going to get his lobs, he's going to hit the occasional three, and if he could just protect the rim, like that's going to be tough. They're going to have something to work with. Hey, man, I appreciate the time, Marcus. Always fun when we can talk hoops, man. We'll get you on a little closer to the end of the season. We'll talk more Warriors then, and I'm with you. I think the ceiling is the four. I'm looking at 40 wins, obviously, put you in the mix, and that'll put you probably right about the, the seventh seed, right? My guess, 40 wins. Yeah, I predicted six, so I'm sticking with six. All right, that's I'm pretty safe. Six. That's a safe call. All right, man, we'll hey, catch you later, Marcus. Right, Thank you, sir. Always fun talking basketball with Marcus Thompson. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at ThompsonScribe. He's always writing great stuff. And his Sunday randomness column is always a fun read for all the hot stories going around the Bay Area and oftentimes just national sports stories that tie to the Bay Area. So make sure you check out Marcus on The Athletic there. Thank you to Marcus, thank you to Brian, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. We always appreciate your input. If you want to suggest any stories you'd like to hear about with baseball quickly approaching, spring training underway. However, the NFL, which controls our minds, it seems like, for 365 days a year, still making news as John Lynch made a statement about who his quarterback would be next year and... No big surprise, it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo, he says. So Matt Barrow is going to join us on Monday, and we'll parse through some of those John Lynch comments about what the 49ers are going to do with the backup quarterback position and maybe how they fill out the rest of the roster. So on Monday, a little hit with Matt Barrows, but until then, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.